Hey, everybody. I want to take just a few minutes to share some thoughts from the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 27, through to verse 16 of chapter 2. And I want to start by asking you this question. How luminous is your life? A light bulb is luminous because it emits a steady and shining light. We measure that light in lumens. The higher the lumens, the brighter the light. So, how luminous is your life? How is the light of your life steadily shining? That's the challenge that Paul, the author of the book of Philippians, is posing in this passage. In the previous verses, Paul is reminding the church in Philippi that he is in prison. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He might get out and live. He might be executed and go to be with Jesus. But either way, he's committed to be unshakable in his faith, shining brightly in that literal dark place. And he's encouraging the believers in Philippi to adopt the same attitude. Which is why he writes in chapter 1, verse 17, Whatever happens, joy or sorrow, live your life in a way that is worthy of and brings glory to the good news of Jesus. And then in chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, he encourages them, Don't let darkness overcome you, but shine like the brightest of stars as you hold on to Jesus. Be luminous. It reminds me of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 15, where he declares over his followers, that's us, by the way, you are the light of the world. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Be luminous. Let your goodness point to the glory of God. Now, this is easier said than done. So in the verses between chapter 1, verse 27, and chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, Paul provides the inspiration and the application for being luminous. What should motivate us to be luminous, and what does a life of luminosity look like? He gives four motivations in chapter 2, verse 1. Number one, have you ever felt strength from Christ? Number two, have you ever felt comforted by his love? Number three, have you ever appreciated the friendship of God's people? And number four, have you ever felt Christ's compassion and concern for others? Basically, if you feel that Jesus has done anything good in your life, then that should be the motivation to be luminous. Pass it on. Christ is perfectly and beautifully luminous, and he's created us to reflect his luminosity in the world. That's literally what it means to be made in the image of God. We reflect the other-centered attitude of Christ, the sacrificial love of Christ, the perfect unity of Christ, and the passionate mission of Christ. That's what verse 2 is all about in chapter 2. But what does this practically mean? It means that we reject self-centeredness, selfishness, anything that is purely self-serving, even when we're going through tough times. This is a massive challenge to our culture of rampant individualism. We must refuse to be so self-absorbed that we forget or ignore the fact that there are others around us who may be suffering and struggling too. We choose humility 
Not thinking less of ourselves, but simply thinking of ourselves less. Secure in the knowledge that we are beloved children of God with nothing to prove and he'll take care of us. Paul then writes that Jesus is the perfect example of this in what are some of the most breathtaking verses in the whole of the Bible from verses 6 to 11 in chapter 2. Jesus, Paul reminds us, gave up his design, divine rights. He left the comfort of heaven. He immersed himself in a broken, broken, suffering world to become human. He came not as a king to rule, but as a servant to serve, to put our needs above his own. He gave his life to give us life. He suffered on the cross to save the world. When you look at Christ's broken body on the cross, what do you think? Is it horrifying or is it glorifying? I mean, it's horrifying for sure. And yet this great act of love and sacrifice was the most powerful, luminous act the world has ever seen. For even in the agony of the cross, Jesus is welcoming a crucified thief to join him in paradise. He's praying God's forgiveness for those who laugh and mock him in his final moments. And he's ensuring that his mother will be cared for beyond his death. Even in the shadow of death, Jesus' life shines brightly as he thinks of others. And because he's willing to go low, the Father lifts him high. And so the, the Apostle Paul reminds this fledgling church in Philippi, I'm committing to keep shining in the darkness of my physical prison. And you, with God enabling you, can still shine in the darkness of whatever prison you find yourself in. A health, financial, emotional prison, whatever. And remember, this invitation is to all of us, not just an individual. The letter is written to the whole church in Philippi. Paul is calling them up to this luminous lifestyle together. Because when everyone chooses to be light, even in the midst of their darkness, then everyone feels loved. Everyone feels cared for. Everyone feels supported. When you make a choice to help someone else despite your circumstances, you may just find yourself surprised that in caring for others, you yourself experience a little more healing and wholeness. Together, we are luminosity. The more together we are, the brighter we shine. As we honor one another, as we encourage one another, comfort one another, be Kind to one another. Choose peace with one another. Serve and support one another. Forgive one another and love one another. I remember reading a book some years ago that quoted a psychologist who said this. I am thoroughly convinced that if Christians practice the one another's to any degree at all, 90% of my Christian clients wouldn't need me. And all the others, Christian or non-Christian, would flock to the churches where it was happening. You see, friends, when we commit to being luminous, in spite of our circumstances, it's good for us. It's good for the whole world. And it brings glory to God. Why would we live for anything less than that. It reminds me of the true story of a guy called Father Damien. He was a priest in the 19th century, and he became well-known because of his passion to serve those battling with leprosy. 
He literally moved into a quarantined leper colony and he served there for 16 years, living with the people, being luminous in any way he could. It was said that because of him, the colony became a place to live rather than a place to die because of the hope that he brought. He wasn't just helping them, he became one of them. He chose to live their life and as a result, he died their death, light in the darkness. So where is God calling you to be light in the darkness? In your home, in your workplace, your street, amongst a particular people group? May Jesus inspire each and every one of us to discover the beautiful and significant ways in which we can all be light in the darkness. And may we encourage and pray for each other to do that, to be luminous, for together we are Christ's luminosity.